Welcome, you're listening to a broadcast from Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partners for smart and powerful giving. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. My name is Kurt Nola, Director of Member Relations here at Barnabas Foundation. And joining me this morning is Travis Morrow, one of our senior estate planning attorneys out on the West Coast and a, and a member of our planning team. And this morning's topic is going to be on cryptocurrencies. And hopefully by the end of it, we'll actually explain what in the world a cryptocurrency really is. Uh, but before we jump into the topic today, um, if you do have a question during today's broadcast at the bottom of your screen, you'll find some controls and one of those is uh, Q&A. So feel free to just type your question right into that and it'll pop right up here on the screen and we'll address those questions as we're able to. Um, and also note that today's broadcast is being recorded. Um, it will be available um, at BarnabasFoundation.com slash interactive, um, usually within about 48 hours after we complete this. So sometime on Friday, the video will be posted. Something you can share with family and friends if the content that we're discussing today is meaningful to you or someone you know, uh, feel free to go ahead and share that uh, with someone. Um, so uh, this morning, uh, we're going to talk, as I mentioned, cryptocurrencies. And, and I noted just before we came in here to do the broadcast that Bitcoin hit an all-time high today at 66000 per unit um, as the trading of a brand new ETF that tracks Bitcoins has started today, which puts some new additional demand in it. And so, you know, this world of investing in cryptocurrencies has grown quite large over the last decade or so. Um, and it's certainly something that donors are starting to ask us about and ask our members about a little more frequently about how can we and can we make a gift of cryptocurrency to our favorite charities? And so we'll dive into a little bit of that here in just a moment. Um, just a quick review who Barnabas Foundation is. For those of you who don't know us, we're an organization of roughly uh, 200 or so member charities across the country. And what we provide the owners of those members is plan giving and complex gift expertise. And so our members rely on our team to have that deep knowledge base to help donors who might be thinking about doing something a little differently to support their favorite charities. And our services are free and available to any supporter of any one of our members. And so if you have any questions about anything we talk about today or in any other future series that you see from us, always reach out to the member that invited you to the, today's broadcast or feel free to call us at 888-448-3040. So with that, Travis, uh, welcome and thanks for joining me today. Why don't we just kind of start off a little bit about, you know, what in what is cryptocurrency? Kind of give us a quick overview of what it is. Hey, good morning, Kurt. Absolutely. And good morning to everybody in Zoom land. Uh, let me just start by saying I'm not an expert. So when you say, well, I'm really unqualified to answer that, but I'll, um, I'll do my best. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. I'm not opining about the future of the uh, crypto uh, space, as the folks that are in there uh, describe it. Um, but, but I have been dabbling for some years, and so let me just try to, uh, to help out some folks, our members and uh, donors may be on. So one, one definition that you'll hear is, is something that sounds like it's a collection of uh, digital data designed to work as a medium of exchange or, or value where individual coins or altcoins, uh, the ownership records are stored in some sort of a ledger, typically a blockchain ledger, which is just a computerized database that uses cryptography to secure transaction records, control the creation of, uh, of additional coins, and also to verify the transfer of a coin ownership. So if that's not perfectly clear, um, yeah, then uh, completely understandable, but that's 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 kind of it in a nutshell. I will just say too that crypto is bigger than Bitcoin, Kurt. I know you we talk about a lot of people conflate cryptocurrency with Bitcoin because Bitcoin was the first uh, cryptocurrency that uh, launched back with a white paper and first started trading in 2009. So remember, we're talking about something that goes back only 
you know, 12 years, 2009 is really doesn't feel that long ago for most of us. And what we're seeing now is a utility uh, beyond uh, just a substitute for a, a fiat currency or government issued currency, uh, beyond just a virtual currency uh, that goes with a lot of a lot of these other uh, coins that we're seeing in the crypto uh, community. So that's going to include things like these dApps, uh, smart contracts, supply chain visibility, uh, um, identity, a lot of that, even in sub-Saharan Africa right now in areas of the developing world where governments tend to be fairly corrupt. And even these things you'll hear about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, some of these, uh, this digital art or video games or others that are selling at auction for ridiculous amounts as well. So there's been a real shift. Early on, there was a culture of stigma uh, for many people associated with the crypto uh, space. There was this culture of DeFi, the decentralized finance that was kind of the space of libertarians. And because these transactions are largely untraceable, it was an area for people to buy and sell nefarious goods. And what we've seen over the last dozen years, and certainly lately, is that's kind of shifted into a broader acceptance. And certainly in the financial community uh, where it's become a, an asset class now for many institutional investors. It certainly has. It certainly has. You know, as you described it, it just reminded me of that SNL episode not long ago when they had Elon Musk on and the, the news broadcaster and the fake newscast kept acting, asking him, what, what's cryptocurrency? And he went on to define it. And they said, well, what's again, what is cryptocurrency? And it created rather humorous moments. But I think there is a lot of misunderstanding what it is. What I do know from my experience with it is it's really a technology platform that allows for confirmation of transaction based or, or information across a global platform of computers. So it distributes the information across and it's independently verified, which makes it very powerful from a technology standpoint. As you mentioned, smart contracts, um, I see the finance world getting into that more and more and being able to do independent verification of transactions uh, over and above what the current finance system allows for. And, and the coin side of it is an offshoot of that, you know, because um, people were rewarded for, for doing this work. And now those coins are, it's uh, quote unquote, digital circulation, and they, they have this value attached to them. And um, as we know, with anything that has value, uh, someone, whatever it's, whatever someone is willing to pay for it, whether that be a non-fungible token, which really doesn't give you much ownership of anything, but you're willing to pay for it, so be it, um, as much as you're willing to pay X number of dollars for a car. And so today, Bitcoin's worth $66,000. And and the market's changed a great deal, Travis. We were talking about that a little bit too. Over the last few years, the market for Bitcoins is just absolutely, ex or, or altcoins, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies just exploded. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that really struck, uh, struck me is that this year I went to the um, National Association of Charitable Gift Planners Conference. I know many of the folks on the line have probably have attended or attended as well. Um, and I also attended in uh, 2018, so these national conferences. And so, so there, uh, from 2018 to 2021, I was just thinking in my mind, you know, what a difference three years makes. It's almost a tale of two CGPs. There was a presentation in the 2018 CGP conference talked about uh, making virtual currency less virtual. And it was talking about the, the then explosion of virtual currency. And, and they talked about the market cap at that time was for the whole uh, crypto space was about $250 billion. And that was an astronomical sum. But now, of course, we're seeing uh, the uh, market cap of the this asset class at about two and a half trillion. So we're about a roughly tenfold increase. Then Bitcoin had a market cap of 107 billion. As you pointed out, we're back at all time highs. And now we're at about 1.3 plus trillion. These altcoins or the, uh, these crypto coins in 20, 2018, there were 1,500 of them. Now there's over 5,000. 
Uh, at the time, there was talking about limitations. One of the limpbacks was, well, this isn't a legal tender anywhere in the world. And even that's changed in the recent months with uh, El Salvador uh, adopting it as actual governmental legal tender now. And there's this whole culture. There's a Bitcoin beach down there where it's just widely traded. And uh, one of the things, too, that really struck me in just um, very recently uh, is the SEC attitude toward a lot of the crypto. And in 2018, uh, there was no way that there was ever going to be any sort of uh, SE, SEC approval of, of any crypto assets. But just yesterday, we had the, uh, the first uh, um, ETF, the exchange traded fund, uh, uh, BIDO. Uh, go on the market now too. So, so there's been a huge shift. And you know, so three years ago, there was a huge shift. And the three years since there's been a, been an increasingly um, uh, big shift as well. So I, I think it's interesting. And again, I'm not opining about the future, but we've certainly seen a run up. And that's why I think this, um, uh, this presentation hopefully will be worthwhile for the donors and the members attending too, because I think there's been so much appreciation. As an asset class, it's appreciated faster than anything in the history of value. And so there's some real gains here. And so to the to the extent folks are are looking to a gift a portion or all as the Lord leads, I think this there's there's some great giving opportunities on the and tax efficiencies. Oh, great point, Travis. It has, and while we can't opine on what may happen in the future, we've seen the Chinese kind of come down and say crypto is just it's a fraudulent technology. We don't want any part of it. It's been fully more or less regulated out of their society or will be. You know, we don't know what the U.S. government's going to do or what the European governments are going to do or so forth as it relates to crypto. And one day it may change. But what we do know right now is what we have is a digital asset that people have bought for X price and it's now worth Y. And that creates an opportunity for people to make gifts from it. Uh, I heard yesterday on a, on a CNBC interview that was being done, the commentator, uh, the newscaster asked the commentator uh, about this coin called Shibu, which is based on the Shibu Inu dog. And um, if you would put $1,000 in the Shibu coin in January, it was worth $2.1 million today in just eight, eight or nine months. And so we're certainly seeing that momentum-based movement in the, in the cryptocurrency market where people, there's a lot of money flowing into it right now. Prices are accelerating. Um, whether or not it's a bubble, I can't say. Could it burst one of these days? We've seen crypto prices be very volatile. Um, but we do know right now is that it's highly appreciated over and above most people's costs. And this creates a gifting opportunity. And so that leads kind of to the discussion. And it's been something that's come up multiple times this year with our members who have contacted us and said, hey, I got a donor that's thinking about making a donation of cryptocurrency. What do you know? How does it work? Um, and we've done a number of crypto gifts now this year for our members uh, from donors. There's been four or five, six of them so far that we've taken care of. And so we've built the process around that as well. So, but, you know, Travis, just kind of highlight a little bit about our process. If somebody wanted to make a gift, somebody listening today or will watch this broadcast down the road, or perhaps one of our members has a donor that's interested in making a gift. What do they need to know about how does that process work? Yeah, thanks, Kurt. Well, let me do this. Let me let me share a screen here, and this is going to be um, okay. There we go. Okay, so this is this is just a graphic from one of the info sheets that uh, that our folks in uh, marketing working with your team uh, put together that just gives a broad overview. And I should probably pause here and just say, you know, we talked about a lot of crypto and the contours and this kind of amorphousness about it, and it could be a little confusing. It's certainly for people just cutting their teeth. But uh, from our perspective, for a donor that's willing to gift, or from some if you're working from our members that are working with donors that are looking and making a gift. It's fairly straightforward and really doesn't have any burden uh, much beyond uh, gifts of stocks or marketable securities that we deal with on a regular basis. 
So I, uh, a lot of the background, I certainly don't want to say that the gift or the charitable uh, deductions and all the tax efficiencies are much more confusing than things we've been doing for years. We just want to give our, certainly give our members uh, another tool in their toolkit as they're having discussions uh, with donors about tax efficient giving to ministry. So this is a pretty, a pretty high level overview, but you or your donor is going to transfer the crypto into a Barnabas Foundation's wallet. We've actually opened up uh, organizational accounts with, uh, with two exchanges, a third one coming now, which makes it easy because you're going to find your donors may have an account on an exchange that we, uh, that we presently have an account on. If not, it's easy enough just to transfer into the wallet. Once that happens, we liquidate that into uh, US dollars. And then at that point, we can either send the funds directly to, uh, to one of our member ministries if they refer a donor to us and wants to gift 100% of that uh, crypto gift to the ministry or place a fund in the uh, donor's a stewards fund or donor advised fund account uh, to, uh, to do uh, gifts to multiple ministries or even just um, a hold for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So what is the, what's the donor gonna kind of experience here? What are the steps to completion really for the donor to execute? It's easy you know, for us to say, hey, you just, just transfer it in our wallet, but there's a few steps behind that, correct? No, that's right. And I don't know, I, I just tried to advance in the slide that this one should be called cryptocurrency giving process. Yep, that's what we have on the screen. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Now I just pulled this from the um, uh, from our um, uh, gift application for cryptocurrency that, uh, that a donor or one of your donors would get. And it uh, gives them a little bit of an overview in the steps and just something to complete, but it's pretty straightforward. So your donor is going to complete this cryptocurrency gift application. And we'll review the application and just check it against the uh, the Office of Foreign Asset Control. So we, there's a little sanctions list. We have to do our due diligence, but that's uh, that's quick and, and painless. And then we'll provide our wallet ID for the transfer, and we'll give that initial confirmation of willing to accept. Then the donor will contact us after the transfer has been made, and then we'll immediately liquidate and then provide the uh, uh, the charitable receipt for the donor as well. Mm -hmm. So pretty straightforward, uh, similar to a gift of marketable securities, just with a couple wrinkles because uh, you've got um, foreign asset control and then you've also got a, a wallet instead of accounts. And then none, none of this is FDIC insured, so, so it's incumbent upon us to, uh, to make sure that we're bolstering processes. But we've gone through the work, and if we could serve our members in that way, you know, we just love to do it. Absolutely. I think one of the crucial things, steps in there is because crypto does trade for 24 hours a day around the globe, it's really important for donors to be in contact with us um, with, when they transfer and when they make that transfer. Oh yeah, Travis, if you don't mind, go ahead and stop your share on your screen. There we go. Um, so what can happen is if a donor um, it happens to be up late at night, make the transfer to us at say 11 p.m. at night, we may not see it till the next morning. And then based on prices being as volatile as they, had, they can be, um, it only takes one political announcement out there somewhere to drive the price of Bitcoin from you know 66,000 to 56,000 in a heartbeat. And so um, really good important, really important to just have really good communication with the donor. If, they, if they're going to make the gift, give us an idea when they tend to send it so we can keep an eye out for it. We like to sell this stuff really quickly. Um, a few members have asked us, could we hold on to it? Certainly, if that's something you'd like us to do, we can talk to you about holding on to the cryptocurrency for a period of time, put it in your account and hold it for you. Um, you could hold it yourselves. We could uh, make, work with you to make the gift happen directly to your organization as well. So, um, but there are a couple, while it's, it's even easier a little bit than stock gifts are, um, there are some tax considerations because it's not treated the same way as a stock gift, correct? Travis, can you just highlight that a little bit? Absolutely. So the IRS is, you know, a lot of people talk about crypto as virtual currency. Unfortunately, the IRS doesn't see it that way. 
So they're going to treat it as a as property and not currency for purposes of gift. So this CARES Act, increased AGI deduction for cash gifts, that's not going to apply. Uh, but then the uh, like like a gift of property that um, they're going to get the fair market value deduction or uh, that appraised value deduction, and but that's going to require a one-year hold. So really, when we're looking at gifts and for the members out there that are working with donors looking at giving, they really should have held the asset uh, for that one year to get that long-term gain treatment. If it's less than a one year, it's going to be limited to the lesser of the basis, typically the price they bought it at or the uh, the fair market value. Yeah, and it's going to require that appraisal. That's one of the key things, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for donations over five thousand, you're going to need that appraisal. The nice thing is we uh, we have a couple appraisers with whom we've been working. I was on the phone with one just a couple of days ago, and we certainly can provide you or your donors contact info for those appraisers. I should note those costs are going to range for those of you asking, well, what does it cost to get crypto appraised? You know, for the folks that have done gifts of real real estate or business interest, sometimes those appraisal costs can be a little steep. These costs are just going to going to range from about one hundred and twenty dollars depending on the gift, uh, typically about 120 to 180, but then upwards to about $600 if you're looking at gifts for over 500,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that is, you know, I'm glad we're, we've been able to source a couple of appraisers that do this work. Um, there's no structure yet that quote unquote qualifies an appraiser as being qualified in cryptocurrency. And so those that are doing it today have to try to back up their credentials um, for IRS tax deduction purposes. So it's a little bit of a gray area still, that part of this whole thing. Um, but with these gifts, they will have to, we will have to file the 8282, 8283 documents with tax returns and get those signed either by the appraiser and or us and the donor um, when those steps need to be done. And we'll help any donor through that process and make sure that they get the right documents in order. Um, you know, as Travis, as you think about this, any other comments that you might have on crypto or, or gifts thereof uh, to members that people should be thinking about? Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what people are thinking about. If there's any questions in the um, in the comments or chat, happy to address. Sure. Uh, nothing yet. I think everybody's just as stunned about what crypto, the world of cryptocurrency is as we are sometimes. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch over the next decade how this industry develops, how they're able to adapt blockchain into our quote unquote daily lives. You know, because we there's a lot of promise to it. Um, there's been a lot of seminars that I've listened to and, and uh, speeches at conferences that I've heard on how this wave of uh, implementation is going to come when you buy a home, when you make an investment in some company and so forth. But um, it's not quite there yet. But what we do have is these coins that are quite uh, valuable, uh, quite honestly. Uh, where can you find the list of appraisers? We don't have a published list, but if you'd like one, Michael, feel free to reach out to myself or Linnell Dykstra in our office here at Barnabas Foundation. Um, and you can get our contact information here. Well, you'll see it at the end as well. We'll have a contact screen come up. We'll happy to share you the couple of folks that we have um, in our roster of appraisers that, uh, that we can share with you. Well, this is part of a five-part series. Uh, last week, we touched on um, how uh, giving through a donor advised fund works. Uh, this week, we're dealing with cryptocurrencies. Uh, next week, we're gonna touch on um, real estate and business interest gifts. On November 3rd, we'll be talking about IRA giving. And lastly, excuse me, we'll be talking about gifts of marketable securities and stocks. Um, so again, for our members that are watching, um, feel free to invite donors to it. For those of you that are donors, feel free to join us again or invite friends or family to a future conversation. And again, we will um, uh, you know, have the recording of this um, uh, available at barnabasfoundation.com slash interactive. I do see uh, another question did pop up here from Maynard. 
Uh, why have an appraisal as receipt not based on the cash received upon the sale of the Bitcoin? Unfortunately, no, not here in the States, Maynard. Uh, Maynard um, we do have to have a qualified appraisal to be able to take the deduction for over $5,000, regardless of the cash proceeds received. Um, that's something that's stuck inside the, uh, the IRS code. They treat it like property, like any other property, whether it be real estate or private business interests. And so the appraisal is required to take to justify the deduction. Um, and then hopefully, of course, the appraisal does come out close to what we sold, uh, what you liquidated the asset for, which gives you final justification as well. Um, Steve, uh, is cryptocurrency like a Ponzi scheme? Um, good question, Steve. You know, sometimes I wonder about it, but it is a tradable market. It's, um, it's like anything else, uh, but you don't have the, the difference with that or these NFTs that are now becoming all popular is you have a digital right to something, but there's no tangible um, uh, cash flow tied to it the way you would with an equity or a bond which is much more tan you know, tangible. You have an actual right to a stream of cash flows, whereas this cryptocurrency is very much, you know, you own something, this digital asset that says you own one Bitcoin, and today the market says it's worth $66,000 because the next buyer is willing to pay that. Um, but if tomorrow the next buyer is only willing to pay 40, the price of it will collapse. A Ponzi scheme, no, because not necessarily because there's really no, you know, where's the benefit, benefit tree kind of lying. Uh, the original issuers of the Ponzi of the Bitcoin, not the Ponzi scheme, they didn't make anything off of it. They created a, a algorithm that created these coins through the calculations that were being done, um, but they didn't necessarily have any financial interest or gain. They were just issued. And in the very early days, they were essentially worthless. They weren't really you know, worth anything. Um, so I can understand your viewpoint. I've sometimes looked at it with a very critical lens like that. Um, but um, you know, it, we'll see how this continues to play out. We're 12 years in. And we'll see what the adaptation of the global market uh, does with Bitcoins or not just Bitcoins, but cryptocurrency over the long term. You know, are there any advantages to using it, uh, Marion? Uh, right now, it's primarily an investment tool. Um, there are limited spendable opportunities with cryptocurrency today, but more and more seem to be coming online with organizations taking it. I remember hearing at one point Tesla was accepting payments for their cars in Bitcoin. Um, and there has been some retail-based and, and corporate-based transactions that have been conducted in Bitcoin, um, but it's not as widespread and widely accepted today. Um, right now, it's a store of value um, and, and an investment tool. Any, any other thoughts on any of those questions that I just kind of answered there, Travis, that you might share as well? Yeah, no, just in case we needed something to be more divided about. We've got strong opinions about crypto on both sides. You know, you've got when you've got Warren Buffett calling it a rat poison and thinking this thing is just a, this artificial bubble. And then, of course, we all know people in that space that think it's going to revolutionize value much in the same way the Internet and email did in the uh, information sector. You know, in the early 90s, we, uh, we couldn't imagine sending more emails than we could, you know, postal mails. And, and so a lot of folks think, oh, no, this is the next wave coming because it's not just a... Uh, a virtual um, currency, we've actually got a lot of utility and the, uh, the possibilities are endless. So mm -hmm. a lot of folks, I think crypto is here to stay. There is, of course, you do see even just in the last few days, a lot of a lot of articles coming out saying, oh, it's going to create our next bubble. It's going to create our next 2008 type scenario, just like the real estate ushered in uh, the downturn, that great recession in those days. And we're having it, too. So a lot of centralized established financial systems would probably like to see it go away. 
but the widespread use and acceptance. And then I am seeing even just more transactions being conducted. And my local gas station now has a Bitcoin ATM out front. I'm seeing a lot of vendors starting to accept Bitcoin and additional uh, coins as well. So, so stand by, it's gonna change fast. Uh, just like in the early to mid nineties, a lot of the information technology changed fast or it could fizzle out. So who knows, uh, you know, just like we tell any donor, you know, just give as the Lord leads. You know, I don't have the gift of prophecy with respect to crypto, but God's sovereign and on his throne. And so we're here to, to help out if your donor wants to make a gift this way. Amen to that, Travis. And for those early adopters, those are the folks that have, you know, those early adopters of technology, they're the ones who, who got into it early and invested money into it and are appreciating and reaping the rewards of those assets today. Um, I'm a little more of a late bloomer, you know, a late adapter. I'm, I'm not on board with crypto just yet personally. Um, maybe one day I'll get there. Um, I don't know, but for those who have, uh, congratulations to those who have, have done well with it and, and certainly those who have the Lord you know, placed on their heart to, to make a donation and utilize this asset that they've been blessed with to further the kingdom work, uh, we're happy to help serve in that way. So um, once again, if you have questions, you always know where to reach out to us. Um, you know, we're available here at Barnabas Foundation anytime, 888-448-3040. You can reach out and talk to myself or Linnell Dykstra. Uh, or any other member of our team, we're happy to address your questions. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Travis, thank you for uh, spending a half an hour with us today as well. And we'll look forward to seeing you at the next broadcast. Uh, be blessed. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. To learn how you can give to your church and other favorite ministries in smart and powerful ways, visit www.barnabasfoundation.com.